Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode number 78. Me and Adam were just speaking about it off air. We still can't remember which episode number it is. Every single week we need to check. However, this is probably going to be like last week where actually we're going to be positive, which is a real novelty for us to, as you'll know if you've listened, because Hearts have picked up four points from a possible six since we last spoke, which is very exciting. So we'll be discussing all that and a whole bunch of other stuff as always. I am Daniel, and I'm joined by Adam. Adam, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've got a little sort of reading week at uni, um, but this is also conveniently the the week which my family's timeshare falls up at Cameron House. So recording the pod, driving up there this week, um, and then it'll be released once I'm up there. So that'll be great to to bore them with listening to <laughs> you know us two losers speaking about hearts. So yeah, I'm I'm good, mate, and pleased that. The positive predictions from last week have uh, have come to fruition. What about yourself? Definitely, I'm I'm doing very well myself as well because yeah, it's actually been a really good week for Hearts, following off a good week previously. However, we're going to start this off with a bit of a news section that we don't really do, but we we didn't know where else to fit this because it doesn't really like naturally follow any of the topics, and we were meant to speak about one of them last week. And we were too excited about the St Mirren game to speak about it. We basically forgot. It'd been so long for a victory that we just thought, exactly. ah, do you know what, that'll take you know the vast majority of that pod. So that was, that was great. Exactly. So the first point is, I will preface this with, neither of them are particularly happy points. Mm. So it's going to be a positive episode, but at the start it's kind of Negatives out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the first piece of news is that as many people have christened him, the voice of Tynecastle, Scott Wilson, it has been revealed by the Edinburgh Evening News that at the end of this season he will be stepping down in his role as stadium announcer. He will still be taking part in hospitality events and staying around as part of the club, but he will no longer be doing any form of stadium announcements, which of course means no Scott Wilson on match days. And for us, Adam, there has never been another voice of Tyne Castle. Of course, when Scott has been ill or been unable to fill it, there have been people such as Mark Martin, who seems to be... He's the only other one that sort of springs to mind, but for the most part, it has been Scott. But what... (laughs) It's hard to kind of go, what are your main memories of Scott? Because they're all so linked to great hearts memories that we've probably spoken about on the podcast before. But what was your main reaction when you heard this news? Gutted, actually. Um, it is a bit bizarre. I, I don't think it will quite sink in for now. It'll be when it's next season, and I'm assuming it's going to be Mark Martin that fills the role. I don't know. Um, whoever then... I was going to say it's <laughs> it's big shoes to fill, but it's not. It's a big big microphone to hold. Yeah, mic- that- <laughs> microphone to hold. That's a good one. <laughs> is that appropriate? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think in terms of you talking about best memories... I think our best memories are probably little bits of shithousery that Scott has sort of put into the match day experience. I think when Hearts ended Celtic's Invincible run and he was playing like Christmas songs, that was was a a time to be alive. Um, That's probably the one that sticks out first and foremost. Uh, but For me, there's another one with Celtic. It's when Osman So scored the equaliser and he's going, there will be four minutes of added time, night and four minutes. It's not Osman So! 
<laughs> and just loses the run of himself. <laughs> that, that, that was Amazing. one of the first thoughts I had when I saw it. It's also, for me, weirdly, there's one... You know the player, not our former player, but the active player, John Robertson? Yes. Did he, did he used to play for St Mirren? I have no idea. Basically, we played whoever he was playing for at Tynecastle years ago. And I remember being right down the front of the Gorgie and he came on as a sub in like the 58th minute or something like that. So say it was St Mirren. It was substitute for St Mirren in the 58th minute. So-and-so was coming for John Robson. And the entire stadium sarcastically cheered. And he just came back on the mic and was like, nah, I know that, yet." <laughs> like, as you say, wee moments like that that make him really feel connected and feel human and he's he, I know it's because we've listened to him for so long but he has such an iconic voice yeah he does and I think there's also kind of tracks that will listen to at Tynecastle and you think that's that's one of Scott's choices 100% yes. like I, I think for me personally probably I think is it this charming man that yeah, I always, I always yeah. think of Scott Wilson when, when that plays for whatever reason so I think a beautiful maybe, day yeah, yeah, they they seem to be kind of the two main staples. So hey, it's a beautiful day, and we have to thank this charming man for all his great work at Hearts. Hey, we're not we're not gonna do any on. better than that this show. That's the peak of the show. Five minutes in. Why have you done this? That was. Fantastic. See you next week. Take care. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yes, greatly missed. We'll no likely speak about him. As the season goes on, and when he officially leaves, we'll also speak about him properly then as well. However, another piece of very sad news is that at the Aberdeen game, just before, which we'll get into obviously, just before kickoff, there was a minute's applause for the former player of hearts, Alan Anderson. Uh, and basically, we obviously, due to our age, but most people really didn't get to see Alan Anderson as much as by accounts we all wished we had um, I'll read aspects of the statement as Hearts called him one of the finest ever servants on the club he played a remarkable 537 times for Hearts of which 475 were competitives he scored 37 goals 31 in um, competitive matches and for someone who was not an attacker that's not that's, bad that's not pretty bad impressive <laughs> um, as the club say regretfully like so many of our fine players he was always a runner-up he kind of he was clearly a part of the team that was just after when we were winning everything (laughs) and doing very very well but someone I like the little piece that Hart say which I think is the best line he might have been brought up in the streets of Leith but his heart was always maroon that's a great line I love that and just incredibly Incredibly sad to see someone who captained the club, made over 500 appearances, uh, has passed away. But the minutes applause from was fantastic. And fair play to the Aberdeen fans as well, who they all took part in it as well. I think everybody appreciates the magnitude, particularly now in the modern day, of playing over, you know, what was that? Over 475, was that? 475 competitive appearances. 475 appearances. Like, that is just... Bonk! That's literally every it's single league. Yeah, every single league game for the best part of what, twelve, thirteen years. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, so I think it was very good to the Aberdeen fans. I'm a massive fan of the minutes applause because I feel like mm-hmm. that's 
you know, you're appreciating their achievements. It's a celebration of yeah, their life. rather than, you know, mourning in silence. So, yeah. uh, impeccably observed, um, and rest in peace, Alan. That's a, literally a fantastic achievement. Um, and it, it's a bit cheeky for me to say thanks for your service, given, obviously, he was playing for Hearts long before either of us arrived on the scene. But we can certainly, uh, certainly appreciate all that you've done for our magnificent club. Absolutely. And the game that... The minutes applause took place on was the games that we'll now speak about, which was a brilliant night for Hearts. Fantastic. However, of course, we start with around the grounds because there was a full card of Premiership fixtures midweek as Celtic kind of comfortably won 2 0 at Simmerin, but they were definitely made to work to it. Uh, Obviously, we had our game. Livingston just continued this train of European football as they beat the. They led up to fourth! I had them to go down at the start of the season. Like, what is happening? It's unbelievable. They beat Dundee United 2-1. Ross County also continued this European (laughs) push train as they defeated Motherwell 1-0. Rangers really narrowly (laughs) beat St Johnston 1-0. And what is fast becoming Sean Maloney's (laughs) favourite scoreline, Hibbs drew away 0-0 at Dundee. What did you make of the midweek results? Um, Midweek results... I think Celtic had to win 3 0, so they went, then they won 2 0. Boring. Two second half goals. Nothing really to shout about. Um, had Hibs to beat Dundee because their record against Dundee is actually really good yeah. um, when conducting the research. But obviously, going down to 10 men, I know they played for the best part of an hour with all 11 on the park. Is that a good result? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I said 2 1 on the pod, so we're going to come into that later on for hearts because when a certain somebody stepped up from the spot I was thinking oh well if this finishes 2-1 at least I'll have that but needless to say that was not the case um, Livy United I think I had as a one each draw Livy nicked that late on didn't they yes they did to then to then go up to fourth like I say uh, Motherwell Ross County I couldn't separate but that's a brilliant win for, for County the fourth best team in the league absolutely no doubt about it they're yeah. in a false position for, for me um, and I had Rangers to win 2 0 at McDermott Park. So when they took the lead after three minutes, I was thinking, oh, this could be, you know, three or four to then only win 1 0. It's a wee bit underwhelming. But yeah, no real surprises, I don't think. Perhaps maybe Hibs being held at Dens. Um, and Motherwell have just fallen away. I see lots of chants or shouts from their fans for Graham Alexander to, uh, to depart. And I know that they've sort of dropped like a stone, but. Is that not just reflective of kind of everybody else in the league starting to earn points off one another? I I don't know. It's interesting, but I did see that neither Aberdeen or Motherwell have won in twenty twenty two yet. It's crazy, mate. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> like there was that stat a couple of weeks back where I think they compared the two and Dundee United as well because they were seemingly kind of sort of within the top six for ages and. I don't want to say on the verge of competing with us because they sort of weren't. Motherwell and United were, and we've pulled off. But <sighs> this league, it's absolutely—I saw—it's bonkers. I think it was Robert Borthwick on the terrace describe it as this league isn't. You can't go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You have to go one, two, three, four, the middle. 11-12 because there's just that six team I, section I'm not, I'm not even sure you could go four 
To be honest, I know, I know, you can't. I, d- I don't, just... I don't know who's like. Who do you think is going to finish fourth? It matters. Not a hate. You think Livy are going to do it? Look at the run they're on. They've only been. Mate, they've only lost honestly, to Celtic in recent weeks. I, I sincerely hope that it's Livy or Ross County, and I never thought I'd usher those words. Just, just for the hilarity and the shithousery, I'm all for it. Why not? Well, as we say. As all the games were going on, Aberdeen travelled to Tynecastle, and in the last maybe decade, it's probably been quite a happy hunting ground for them. We, we just famously seem to be rubbish against Aberdeen, but then turn it up in big games. I'm thinking of the cup win that we had on penalties recently, where it was a fever pitch cauldron. I remember that game was pretty mental. Then Uchi, we beat them 2-1 with Uchi scored, but... I can often think of Aberdeen getting results against us in recent years. It's it's more so a point, really. I think. Yeah, I think that's it, what I mean. Yeah, getting it, results. It usually, so, like, yeah. Because we haven't had even like when we were struggling. I think the season we went down, we drew against them one each when Machino scored yep. that absolute. Sean Clare got sent off. Now again, scored a rake. That's right. Kick and then well. you obviously talked about the cup on pens. Yeah, probably going going back to Robbie's first spell because obviously they were finishing consistently within the top bracket of the league under McInnes yeah. so yeah I, I I can't really remember them winning at Tynecastle too much I can just remember them like getting it used points. to be a point or so yeah yeah um, um, so that probably explains why last week I gave a hesitant one-all prediction because I was thinking listen we'd, we've turned a corner here and Aberdeen are not doing well however Jim Goodwin's coming in and it is Aberdeen coming to Tynecastle. There's also then, the fact that they drawn, sorry, both of Jim yes, Goodwin's games one yes. each. There's the fact that we drew against them one each earlier on in the season at Tiny. So all these factors, that seemed as though it was going to be, you know, the nailed on scoreline. But yes. thankfully that uh, wasn't the case. Definitely not. And I'll be honest, I was a lot more confident when I saw the starting lineup. So we maintained the 4 2 3 1. That Robbie has changed in recent weeks, and the lineup was as follows: it was Gordon and goals, Kingsley and Atkinson as fullbacks, Suter and Halkett in the middle as two centre halves, Devlin and Benny in the two, Mackay, Boyce, and GMS as a three in behind Sims, with Boyce notably in the ten. What did you make of that when you first saw it? Um, delighted to see Ben Woodburn drop onto the bench first and foremost. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, I was intrigued to see Liam Boyce in the role that his squad number suggests, to be honest. Um, I had no qualms with us making one alteration, maybe max. Um, I I wouldn't have been surprised to have even seen us name an unchanged team. Um, Obviously, there's more of that to come. Um, So, yeah, I think, look, I, I probably shared the exact same viewpoint as you. Much more confident when seeing the team. Albeit, I think there was still kind of that scepticism where... I don't know. See, when you just see the names, like, my brain just goes absolutely bonkers with the formation. So, I sort of had seen murmurs that it was a 4 2 3 1. Boyce, and then obviously GMS and Mackay, either side, Sims, yeah. So, I was, I was feeling good. I was feeling confident. Well, the opening 10 minutes, barring us scoring, couldn't have really gone any better we came love, out the charts flying love an electric start at Tyne Castle yeah. how often do you see it I know, I know. <laughs> it's I actually know. a rarity yeah. but I was thinking there is absolutely from the moment I think that game kicked off it was never really in doubt to be honest yeah. given the start that we made 
the only frustration was, given we created as many good opportunities as we did, just that we hadn't taken one of them before eventually taking the lead in that game, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the opening 10 minutes had three very big chances. In the fourth minute, Benny plays at his shooter who crosses it in and GMS kind of just slices it at the back post. He's clearly that, wanting to cut across it and go at the so far post. That was so annoying. I was literally screaming. I could see it dead ahead of me. I was thinking, why on earth have you not taken a touch? Yeah. Just a wee yeah. touch. He doesn't realise how much time he's got because he just yeah. goes away at the back stick. A wee touch, maybe open up the body, Slide it past Lewis, but no, it was one of the worst efforts. One of the worst efforts I've seen all season. Well, Terrible. Three minutes later, GMS does very well on does. the far side of where we were watching before laying it off for Stephen Kingsley, who put in an excellent ball to Ellis Sims, who heads over from five yards. Very, very unlucky there. And then Should score. the biggest chance of them all. Four minutes later in the 11th minute, Kingsley again plays a ball just through the heart of the Aberdeen defence. Two boys, takes a touch perfectly, but then David Bate, who I want to get to soon, (laughs) (laughs) makes a really good block. And as we say, no goals, but a great start. Great start. And this, that sort of opening exchange just reaffirmed my love for Stephen Kingsley. He's just... (laughs) Such a cool, calm, composed customer. He's our best midfielder and he plays left back. <laughs> how how can that possibly be a thing? He's just unbelievable. Like even the, the boys' chance, that's the big one. And he's really yeah. unlucky because I think we do everything right. Kingsley's so calm, he waits, bides his time, picks the perfect pass for boys, and it's only down to David Bates, who coincidentally turns into Sergio Ramos, that <laughs> Hearts do not take the lead there because I felt as though that was a great chance. Couldn't do anything better. Um, and if he gets a shot away, then it's surely 1-0. Yeah, definitely. And then 50 minutes later in the 26th minute, Benny plays it away to Mackay, who finds Boyce, who then lays it off to Devlin. Edge of the box, it's kind of a speculative shot that Joe Lewis kind of easily claims, not too badly. And then the first big moment of the match really comes in the 30th minute as Aberdeen have a free kick that is swung in it goes in the back of the net from Declan Gallagher however Steve McLean pulls it back now this was right in line with me and I assumed when I saw it it was offside but it turns out when you go and watch sports scene it's actually given as a foul on Sims by Gallagher what no chance. No, no chance. chance at all. No, I'm not. I'm not having that. Um, I mean, I will take it. By, oh, by of any, course. Any man remains. But that is never a foul in a million years. And I, obviously, it's the other end of the ground for me. I too had assumed that it was offside. It, it was weird in that surely if it was a foul straight off, they blow there and then. It seemed to. It seemed like the passage of play. I know it's obviously the set piece. It seemed like the ball was allowed to enter the net. And then... Yeah, because it they trickled sort of, in. It It wasn't yeah. like a bullet header or anything like that. It was weird. It surely, as soon as you see the foul, you blow. But th- there is no foul. So maybe that's, yeah. why, maybe that's why they haven't blown. And then a baffling decision. Um, and look, I, I think Jim Goodwin was pretty honest in his post-match assessment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And one thing that I can't dispute is that probably does change the dynamic of the game with 
Aberdeen then going one up, the crowd start to then get that little bit more ratty. So, look, some of these go for you, some of them they don't. And I can't pretend that I wouldn't be absolutely fuming if I was an Aberdeen fan. Because um, needless to say, that goal should have stood. Especially because seven minutes later, we did open the scoring officially as Scott Brown gives away a foul on Pleasing. Tammy Devlin, I think. I think it's on Devlin. Yes, I think so. He gets, so. gets, gets booked, booked for, it. for it, which I couldn't believe. It's that, never amazing. a booking ever. <laughs> of all the challenges <laughs> that he's escaped a booking at Tynecastle, and he gets booked for that. It's where where is the logic here? And now I see that he could be hanging his boots up um, if the papers are to be believed the so day that we're recording his, this. His final game could be a loss at Tynecastle. How like Poetic. how incredible could that be? Where he got subbed off and was arguably at fault for both goals. Yep, exactly. Oh my god, I love football so much. (laughs) It makes me so happy. But yeah, we did get a goal as the ensuing free kick is swung in by GMS. It gets kind of headed out to the... His header. His header twice. Yes, to to our near side, sorry, the new stand. Devlin then plays it back in. Well, him and Halkett kind of go up for it together. And then it's one of them, they kind of connect with it, and then falls in front of John Souter, who just absolutely lashes it. It takes a slight deflection on its way through, but I think with just the power it's hit with, Lewis has no chance, and it's 1-0. No, no he's getting nowhere near it, even if it's you know the, the purest of pure strikes. Um, emphatic volley, um, and yeah, interesting to see... Uh, the reception that John Souter got after scoring, given that we know what's happening this summer. Fuck um, it, he's helping us get third. I was buzzing. But exactly, I was just delighted because, yeah, I think the only real nerves that I felt were that offside goal that should have stood. But other than that, Aberdeen didn't really do a lot, well, did they? let's speak about it because immediately following it is the one and only highlight barring the And it's Ramirez from... You know, miles, miles out. Yeah. <laughs> that is, for my money, the worst Aberdeen performance at Tynecastle in the last decade. I can't remember one recently that bad. Because, as I say, there's always a part of me that worries a wee bit when Aberdeen comes to Tynecastle. Because we feel like we've got to earn it. Yeah, absolutely. But we didn't. On no. Wednesday. Like, it was, as you said, as soon as that opening 10 minutes started, it was like. If we keep doing this, we'll have no problem. <laughs> if we keep doing this but don't score, we'll be <laughs> raging. <laughs> because we've literally were on top from, from the get go. Um yeah. I think there was it was more of a relief, I think, once we'd eventually taken the lead. Yeah. And given how poor Aberdeen were in that first half, you know, I was talking to a couple of folk at half time and whatever. You know I'm a big advocate for getting that second goal but I really did feel as though as soon as we got it that'd be it because they offered absolutely nothing and like you say previously we'd have had to earn it against Aberdeen they always make it tough they're always usually backed by good travelling support um, but that was as routine as I think we could have ever wished for yeah it was it was very <laughs> reassuring for us and very worrying for Don's fans I can't imagine what they are currently feeling, especially with them, what happened. They'll them. just be thankful that St Johnston and, Dun- and Dundee are yes. remarkably even worse than they are. Yes, that's that's very true. Um, so, yeah, half-time comes and goes. 
not much really happens in the opening 10 minutes of the second half until we get the ball. Boyce plays a through ball to Barry McKay. I know what's coming. I knew what was coming here. It's it's slightly behind him, so he has it's to too, track back a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's too wide. But Barry McKay manages to get a shot off. However, it's saved and then goes out for a corner. Barry McKay is never going to score for Hearts. <laughs> Ever. I feel like this is a common theme amongst every single Hearts podcast, every single like prominent figure on Hearts Twitter. <laughs> we're all sick of saying it to the point now where I think we're going to say it that much and we hope that there's some kind of jinx whereby us all saying it, it will eventually break this curse because it has to happen at some stage. How it hasn't yet, I don't know. If he's got it saved for Saturday, that would just be brilliant. I just want it as soon as now, because the longer yeah. that it goes on, the less likely you think that it's going to become uh, just... It's horrible. He must just be spewing. Like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be very intrigued to know his thoughts with regards to setting up his teammates as often as he does and not being on the receiving end of that just yet. How frustrating must that actually be? I cannot imagine. However, as you say, setting up his teammates, the ensuing corner, it finally happened. Heart of Midlothian scored direct from a corner as Barry Mackay whips the ball in and Stephen Kingsley, who I just... I need to remind everybody this. Before he came to Hearts, <laughs> he had one career goal. Since then... He scored, this was his seventh goal for us. Five this season. Five this season. That From a centre stroke left back. Yeah. What a header. What a corner. And we'll get to it in the next game. I th- I've found some intel that I think I know why we're suddenly good for corners now. Interesting. That that can obviously be saved for the United game given yeah. you know our, our set play success. But yes... Um, Delighted for Stephen Kingsley because that goal capped off an all-round terrific performance. He was my man of the match by a country man yeah. against Aberdeen. There was also an instance where I said we kind of had no real worries. There was a chance where Benny loses it in the middle of the park and I'm amazed this didn't make any of the highlight reels. Aberdeen looked to be clean through on goal. I think it's the first half towards the Gorgie if my memory serves me. Oh yeah, he doesn't go in for Ramirez. And Stephen Kingsley just comes out of nowhere. Absolutely yeah. nowhere. Miles behind everybody and just mops up. And I just thought I just, you know my thoughts on Stephen Kingsley. He's probably my favourite player in this squad. I get that. We got him for free. And we've now got him for another three and a half years. Just because I think he's one of those players that I'd, I'd sort of seen in the championship season, I thought he was so underrated, and now everybody realises the importance of him. What a cultured footballer. We're so lucky to have him, and even luckier that he's decided to extend his deal with us. And, particular, remember how, for the last kind of, prior to the championship season, probably the three years before that, we always had Smith on the right-hand side. And absolutely and it was, at left-back. Yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, we've got Smith, so the right-hand side's fine. But left-back is terrible. Obviously, oh. barring, barring the six months where we had Hickey. But even then, Hickey could be suspect because of his age. Like, he but wasn't yeah, he's a still a young boy. And left-back, even in our times of being alive as Jambos, it's not been a great... We've had Lee really. Wallace, we've had Takis. 
And Granger? <laughs> like, Adam, I love Granger because Adam Eckersley like, for a season. The championship season, aye. Yeah. That's that's about it. That's it. That is it. What a player. Oh, I love him so much. What a man. What a man. Uh, and yeah, that from then on, there was only one real big moment before it. However, Sims has a shot that rebounds to Barry Mackay, who lays it off for Liam Boyce, whose shot just narrowly goes past the post. That I was to, very unlucky. Because he, he doesn't even something. look at goal. And he just yeah. sends one. And I, that would have just been a fine, fine finish. I felt for Boise, obviously, we're going to talk about the United game because you could just see that he was gagging on a goal. Um, but this is the thing. I don't understand. So, Football Scotland, the website, they do like three talking points. And so, as a result, I would think... Right, from we'll each th- game, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And I was like, if you have three talking points, in my opinion, they should be the three most important things you want to hit. One of the points after the oh, Aberdeen God. game was... Boyce's frustration continues and I think that's harsh, that's harsh because I thought he played very well against Aberdeen he just didn't score and that was after a professional performance in Paisley as well where you said he's at the heart of both goals really so this is what's wrong with modern football for me I don't want to go all hearts da here but see everybody's sort of oh, I better choose my words carefully everybody's obsession with stats goals games droughts nobody views matches with their eyes anymore Everybody i actually think the complete opposite do you i was I, when you said it's a problem with modern football i was going to say it's a problem with that old mentality of boyce is only good if he scores a goal whereas oh, yeah, he's, i hear that whereas in mod look he's the it's some, it's some sort of evil nine. blend yeah of both yeah yeah I, th- I think for those that don't watch Hearts on a regular basis, they all look at Boyce's goals and think, "Wow, he's just an out-and-out goal scorer." Yeah. And then they'll look at the drought that he's on and think, "Well, hold on a second, he's got 15 this season, but he hasn't scored in however many games." So I don't know. It's just, you need to watch him on a regular basis to appreciate how good a footballer he is. Definitely, as I said on Twitter, the best striker in my lifetime. No one close to him. That's that's big praise. That's big praise. I just don't think there is like I genuinely just don't think I mean there's nobody in terms of actual goal scoring. (laughs) Well, I say it's big praise. We have seen some absolute jobbers play for us in our time. There's only like five options I could pick (laughs) from. So really is it that much of an achievement, Liam, if Daniel Dubs be the best heart centre forward he's seen? It's not it's not against Liam Boyce. It's more against yeah, you know, countless strikers that we've seen get off to a great start and then be atrocious in front of goal for us. Yeah. Well Oh, I love this football club, man. They're gonna be the death of me, hundred percent. Even when things are going swimmingly, we find something to have some sort of great with. Well, what was nearly the death of Robbie Nielsen was what happened next. <laughs> oh, how, could, how did we even forget? Oh, I'd forgotten so, all about this. This is a disgrace. <laughs> so, Aberdeen get a free kick. It's swung in from, as I say, our near side at the main stand. Swung in, goes all the way out to Lewis Ferguson. Lewis Ferguson picks the ball up on the edge of the box, runs into the box. And then, I'll try and be diplomatic here. Nathaniel Atkinson... Swings out a leg and makes some form of contact with Lewis, Lewis Ferguson's foot. Then, Lewis Ferguson takes another step, then swings his foot back 
and flops down. And Stephen McQueen goes, that's a penalty. I, c- I couldn't believe it. Like, even watching it in real time, I was like, there is no way he's given that. I see, I, oh, I've got to be honest. I don't know if it's because it was the other side and it's it's over towards the Wheatfield stand, isn't it, really? Yeah. Albeit Aberdeen are shooting towards the Roseburn. I don't know if it's because of the players that are obstructing my view up in the mm-hmm. stand. I just thought it looked like Atkinson had stuck out the leg, in which case I'm thinking, why have you done that? Because that's what he's. You, do you know what I mean? Like that's what the attacking player's looking for. Yeah. He's he's ensuring that there is contact in order to go down, and then there can be no complaints. There is a spot kick, but the contact doesn't even arrive, and nah. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Obviously, I hadn't seen it back before I then got back into the car after the game. And I always listen to sports sound when I'm driving home after the Hearts games. Um, this obviously being no different. And they were talking, I think it was like more on the Celtic game first and foremost. And then it eventually got to the Hearts Aberdeen game. And by this stage, I'd reached like the quick fitted Chesser. So I've got like oh, a, okay, good, yeah. a good load of my journey home. And I was just listening to Robbie and I was actually pissing my pants laughing at yeah. what he was coming out and saying. Because fair play, like, he's right. I'm a big admirer of Lewis. Ferguson from afar I like listening to his dad on the radio and open goal and whatever he's a good player and will undoubtedly earn his move away from Aberdeen I'm surprised it's not already came but come on like is this what you're having to resort to in the game Robbie was 100% right and the the thing that he'll look at it is these little decisions change games he's lucky that obviously Lewis Ferguson who had a 100% record from the spot is denied, and we'll get to that. But, say Aberdeen nick a point when they didn't deserve to, having clawed their way back in, then Robbie feels more pressure, the squad arguably feel more pressure, we could then have gone on a barren run, and the squad will be alright, but it's the gaffer that loses his job. So, I can I can totally get his frustration with divers in the game, and I like Lewis Ferguson, but he's at it by thinking that that was acceptable. Because it's not. There's never a spot kick in a million years. No chance. It's a shocking decision. However, as you say, Lewis Ferguson, who had a 100% penalty record in his career, never mind just 11 from 11, I think. 11 from 11. And Craig Gordon, who is famed for not (laughs) being particularly the best saver of penalties. However, he was just off the back of saving back-to-back penalties in the last uh, shootout he was in against Livingston. I'll be honest, obviously, catching a penalty is a good save, but I think that penalty summed up Aberdeen's night. Pathetic. It is a shockingly bad penalty from Lewis Ferguson. Pathetic. But if CG dives the other way, it's and he like, scores, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, did Gordon also save his last penalty for Scotland? Yeah, he did in the game where Nathan Patterson scored. Yeah, was it Moldova, I think? Maybe, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's making a, a decent wee habit of that as of late. Um, yep. Well, I, I say that, obviously, remember the weekend. I was going to say, the, the hey, we're going yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Take that back. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Shocking pen. And it's... From a shocking decision. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like Robbie says, justice had been served. Um, perfect height for him. And <laughs> I'm surprised you've not touched on this, given you absolutely love him. 
massive fan of him just bodying Cammy Devlin and wanting to start a counterattack <laughs> as Devlin's coming towards him to like thank him for the save. Gordon's just like, aye, very good. Pulls it out to Barry McKay, looks to start a counter. My goalkeeper. Love that. Oh my god, love them. And then that took the wind if there was anything in the oh, Aberdeen sales. It was terrible. It took the wind that, that out of them. That was the game done from there on yeah. in. I don't think anything happened. There was one thing um, because let's make it a trifecta of terrible decisions by <laughs> referees. Halkett goes down in the Aberdeen box. There is as much, oh. if not more, contact than there was Fergus apparently, but it's waved away. It's almost laughably waved away. Like McLean just goes, get up. We, we are lucky that the game panned out done. the way that it did. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't have any real bearing on the outcome of the match. We most likely won't have a bearing on the outcome of our season, you know, because it's not like we're going to pip somebody to goal difference, hopefully. Yeah. So, you know what? That's just one of them where... Uh, uh, let's move on, because we're, we're sick of talking about referees. We yeah. do it every single week on this podcast, without fail. Not even just in Hearts games, but games... Across I saw the him, and this is no different. It's so, an absolute joke. Chris Finn, who is one of the editors of the Terrace podcast, he sent out a tweet because of a decision that happened in the Hibs and Johnston game from the weekend. He said that he has a conspiracy theory that refs are deliberately being really bad this season, so more people are accepting of VR coming in. Wow! Imagine if that was some kind of evil. SFA, SPFL ploy. Surely they've not got the brains for that. that yeah, would, exactly. They're not that intelligent. That would like, be amazing if that came out and that was actually the case. But I know. We, we'll see. It's an interesting theory. I've heard some interesting football theories, but yeah. that's, that's up there. And yeah, that was the end of the match. Obviously, as uh, you said, Jim Goodwin was very, very honest. I really rated him for that. He said that if they'd got anything from that game, it would have been daylight robbery. How uh, <laughs> how we're seeing them so close? Obviously, oh, the, was, the, the oh, Don's dugout was literally you know I'm right above dead it. in line with you. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's just I, I was sad that he was sad, <laughs> but I hope he continues just looking class as he always does. He was left even more oh. glum after uh, the weekend, which I'm sure you're going to come on to. Well, a perfect segue as we go. were hoping to maintain this momentum going forward as. Saturday came around and we travelled to Tannadice. But of course, we'll go around the grounds first of all. In a much less exciting round of fixtures, really, than the midweek games. Um, as we'll start with what you just said. Rangers, again, getting a narrow 1-0 victory against Aberdeen. A very late came on roof winner at Ibrox. Motherwell continued their search for a win in 2022 as well as they drew one all with Dundee. Ross County continued this European train still going as they beat Stephen Robinson St Mirren who still haven't even had a shot on target under him in three games. Wow, didn't know that. Which is, it's either not had a shot on target or has had two shots on target in three games. It's like they basically haven't had a shot on target. And they play tomorrow night the night of this podcast release yes. um away yes, at, away at dens i've gone one each i hadn't known that stat but the shots on target so thanks for that that'll be so one right. that'll be one nil dundee <laughs> yeah <laughs> mark, mark mcgee and he's dundee are just gonna uh, overtake st johnston with what eight games to go yeah superb shit from the cinch you gotta love it what a laugh hibs 
continued their love affair for nil-nil draws as they oh. drew nil-nil with St Johnston. I'm seeing a pattern in... developing for you know when we're back from the cup and I can churn out these predictions. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know who Rangers. I think it is Dundee again. I think they played Dundee. So, so <laughs> Rangers will win that one one nil at Dens, and Hibs whoever they play after Motherwell. Got, uh, Hibs Motherwell that's got yeah. nil nil on the cup written all over it doesn't it Motherwell can't even win a game that's going to pens oh, 100% then on Sunday Celtic got their first win against Livingston away since 2007 can I just say that stat right let's just let's just all calm down they've played five <laughs> times that's still then. insane though even just that stat like five games in a row Livingston yeah. Haven't lost to it's, Celtic at it's home. Three draws and two two wins for Livy. Right, what's our record? No, I know, but five. but this is this is how stats get so boring. Stop out taking it away from David Martindale. That's the no, best of any other club no, in the country. Because because I just I just I just sang Livy's praises. I've got to knock them in some way, shape, or form. No. As, as I do, I was delighted to see Scott um, Scott McIntosh chuck up the. Um, goals from yes. the first the first ever game that I've attended Hearts 2 Livy 1 the Andy Kirk goals great goals is that goals. what it comes from is it that you saw no. Livy lose in your first game so therefore it was like right these are my main enemies now forever no, I, I don't know I don't know what it is mate just, just see see when you see like Celtic on Sunday and they're taking the three stands the plastic park yeah oh, oh, I appreciate where they've come from it's great but come on! But fuck you is but, Adam's message. But, like, brilliant. Good for you. Great. Well, anyway, <laughs> we travelled to Tanadice. You're not going to ask for thoughts on the other games. No, you d- you've given up that right after I... just badmouthing Livy for no other reason. Can I just say Ross County will finish in the European places? There you go. Wow. Um, Kmart Roof's goal. Knows absolutely nothing about it. I thought Rangers no, would absolutely doesn't. demolish Aberdeen, yeah. having just seen them in the midweek match be terrible against us at Tynecastle. Uh, any other surprises? Hibs nil, St Johnston nil. That's not a surprise. I, I know. I, 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 my surprise was opting for Hibs to nick it one nil, despite them having eleven players or whatever it is out injured, just because I think St Johnston are rubbish. But hey ho, there you go. Um, elsewhere, what did I say? I said one nil Motherwell. Can't believe. A COVID-struck Dundee, managed by yeah. Mark McGee. They can't even beat them at Fur Park. No wonder they all want Alexander out. Shambles. Um, looking elsewhere. Yeah, like I say, man. Ross County, what a team the Staggies are. <laughs> Flying. Well, we hope to solidify third with a win. <laughs> as Robin Nielsen, for the first time since October... Names an unchanged eleven. Couldn't believe that time. when I saw that on Heart Stats. They had a couple corkers on Saturday as well. Yeah, obviously, given how the game panned out. <laughs> right, let's just get into this because this ge- I've noticed this. So we've played Dundee United three times this season, and every game has probably been the best of the season between us. Oh, I I cannot remember a time where I'd like to think that Hearts and United have shared some good battles over a season. This has got to be up there with the very best. And that's... Yeah. I, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, why why has that been the case? But then both clubs... I think... Did United... United bypassed us. Yeah. And then, obviously, we've had another season out the Prem. So, 
this is probably the strongest that the two have been at the same time for a for a good while. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably reflected in the trio of games that we've shared. Because what's that now? That must be nine four hearts over the nine, three four games. Nine four hearts. Yeah. So thirteen goals in the three. So you're averaging four goals a game. Yeah. Unbelievable cinch action. Love it. Fantastic quick maths from Adam Kennedy. Thanks, there. mate. Very impressive. <laughs> well, and talk about quick. Hearts got off to a very quick <laughs> hey! start here. As immediately within 30 seconds, Liam Smith playing as Pirlo in this game attacks the box and Suter manages to make a block, which immediately lands in the hands of Gordon, who just, much like he did, as you said, after he received Lewis Ferguson's penalty, just sends the ball up from a throw to Barry McCann. Again, to Barry McCann. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to latch onto that soon. Exactly. Who drives forward, plays it inside to GMS, who just really nicely tees up Boyce, who is facing away from goal on his weaker foot and doesn't take a touch and lashes it in off the post. 48 seconds in, we're 1-0 up, and the curse that we gave Liam Boyce is over. Sorry, Boyce. Um, <laughs> still got time. Five to go. Exactly. Um, it was just today in the evening news speaking about it being interviewed. Yeah, I saw that. Saw that with, uh, was it Barry Anderson's article? Yeah. Yes, I. Yeah. Um, phenomenal finish. And very much like the Aberdeen chance at 2-0, I think, where he barely even gets a sight of goal. Yeah. And he's sort I was going to say, sort of hits and hopes. I'd like to think it's a bit of a better technique than that, but it's a fine finish. Very, very good goal. And could not believe the start that we made. Um, for those that are watching the YouTube version, you'll obviously see that I'm up the road. I'm at my granddad's, because, um, like I say, we're going up to Cameron House. My parents are already there. So I had the dog on Saturday afternoon, as I have, you know, whilst they've been living it up Friday to Friday. Um, you're welcome mum and dad if you're listening um, so I was out with Dusty on, on Saturday afternoon just walking along Pennycook House and then it got to 3 o'clock and I thought oh I'll just you know have a wee nosy at the scores and whatever and then I just see live score flash up Dundee United nil hearts one. I'm like what on earth's going on here absolutely sensational scenes after a minute that's our quickest goal in years yeah in ages I can't mind anything I, I can quick. think of one where I think was it was it last season even maybe where Ollie Lee scored in the League Cup after a th- about three we minutes. scored we scored twice in six minutes against East yeah, Alloa right. or East Fife or something I think it was in the League East Cup Fife yeah but in terms of a league game now we'd be searching back there's one oh, for yeah. Heart Stats if you're listening get that yeah. searched up and get that tweeted to us um, but fantastic goal and. Can, remarkably considering we probably should have conceded at the other end were somehow a goal up and that's that just highlights the fine margins within football and then the wheels fell off in the most <laughs> unbelievable way possible can I just say this highlights package must have been absolutely murder to chuck together oh, I don't think Hearts TV or Sports Scene could have done any more because no. that first half was as dull as boring given the changes I'd, I watched it back and I was literally watching it thinking how on it like what are they going to do here in terms it of the was... highlights because it, it was it was literally just change stoppage in play change 
how are you meant to gather any form of rhythm when you're losing virtually, I don't know, a quarter of your 11 within half an hour? Well, we'll speak about that now because in the eighth minute, GMS does something to his wrist. I don't know what it is, but he looks in a lot of pain. So get subbed off for Cochrane. I'm just going to, for the next seven points... <laughs> don't, don't even go off. Like, there was next to no first-half yeah. chances. Just so, give us the subs. So, GMS is replaced by Cochrane. Then, ten minutes later, Ian Harks hits a shot that goes wide. Then, six minutes later, probably the only other highlight for us in that half. Devlin tries to play a, boys th- a ball through to boys, but it's intercepted by Miskinen, who nearly scores the most insane own goal you've oh, ever seen. That was incredible. Before, Sims does an amazing flick over the entire Dundee oh. United defence, but just hits over. And then, this is where the run happens. So, 30th minute, Devlin does his hamstring, is off for Haring. 39th minute, Alex Cochrane, who was subbed on for GMS, gets subbed off for Andy Halliday due to a concussion. Three minutes later, Nielsen comes on, not the gaffer, there Nielsen, <laughs> gets subbed on for Ryan Edwards. Yes, exactly. Gets subbed on for Ryan Edwards, who took a massive elbow to the face and broke his face from Sims. That was and a then, corker. Aye, I, I think he should have been sent <laughs> off for that. It's so bad. And then, at half-time, Atkinson gets brought off for Gino. And that's the first half. Four change, five changes. God bless the singe. I think it was Joel Scared who said it on the commentary. That physio got his wages worth out of that game. <laughs> I've oh. never seen anything. I know Robbie said it. He's been in the game for 25 years. He's never seen a game like it. We've got more injuries to come, by the way. It isn't finished yet, but this was just the first half. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a wee teaser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What? (laughs) Andy Halliday in this game came on, played right back, played right wing back, played left back, played left wing back, played centre mid and finished with the Paisley. Every every Saturday he's going to have to fill about five positions. I couldn't believe it. I'm amazed that this sort of game didn't arise under Levine when we had all those injuries no, for like this is what happened. months on end. It was the six months of Levine in one half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's been relatively lucky with having the majority of his playing squad available at the one time. So all of it's just come crashing down on one afternoon. I couldn't believe it. Because also, see if you read that, see if you're, you didn't watch that game and you see that all the subs are due to injury. You would think, God, that was a really hard-hitting, heavy-tackling yeah, game. Have, you'd have expected a feisty affair and yeah. both teams the going only one, The only one that comes as a result of a challenge is the Dundee United one. All five of our subs in that first half are just on their own issues. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And, yeah, it was only then, once I got back from taking Dusty a walk, that I watched the second half. So I watched it, you know... I watched the second half as it was being played and then went back to watch the first half. A crazy game. Absolutely crazy game. Yeah, mental. And then the second half started off as crazy as the first half ended. That was great. I was thinking that obviously I've I've done us here because as, yeah. soon, as, soon, as, as soon as my bum's on the seat, I've sat down, got the laptop up and then before my, in fact, before my bum's even touched the couch, yeah. we've conceded a goal. 
because Liam right. Smith, as I hinted at earlier, turned into prime Pirlo in this game, playing centre mid. And by the way, who would have ever said that about Liam? Who would have guessed that we'd be seeing this about Liam Smith? I, I, not once did I see this at Rickerton or at Tynecastle. No, nah, exactly. But immediately from kickoff, a long ball's played forward from Dundee United. It's knocked down to Liam Smith, who just goes, fuck this, I'm hitting this. And it is an absolute raker right into the top corner. Worldy. Um, takes takes matters into his own feet and just lashes it. Gordon has no chance. Because so, it goes away from him as well. Like you see it in the replay, replay, it goes yeah, away. Virtually right behind the goal. Yeah. It's got all sorts of gear on it. Bend, dip, everything. Great goal. And it yeah. was just one of them where you're just like, what What can we do about that? Yeah, exactly. And then, 10 minutes later, it gets even worse. As another long ball is played forward, it is knocked down, but this time to Nicky Clark, who... There was debate about the penalty in the last game. There is no debate about this penalty. As Suter just slides in, hurts himself while doing it, and Nicky Clark wins a penalty and scores the ensuing penalty. And at this point, we're 2-1 down. Genuinely, my thought was, right, just get out. Just take this. (laughs) Listen. It's one of them that you just take on the chin. Yeah. Again, sort of like from the Aberdeen game instantly kicking off. It seemed as though we were led into this false start. And ever since that goal, it was just like, anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. It's just yeah, amazing I... that United hadn't scraped back into the game before. There was the heart shot, obviously, you touched on with Willie Collum getting in his way. Yeah. That that was about as fortunate as we got <laughs> towards sort of, I don't know, 70, 75 minutes. Um, and what is it with former Hearts players, or even sons of former Hearts players... <laughs> looking to come back and do us here. Um, because, again, you took the words out of my mouth. It's the polar opposite of the Aberdeen game. Stonewall pen, can't have any complaints. The only annoyance is, having taken the lead, we then shoot ourselves in the foot a wee bit and trail with yeah. a depleted squad. Absolutely. And I think this is hard for us. I think it's hard to do analysis in this game because I think that starting eleven that starts wins that game. Uh, yeah, with the start I, I, we had. And you can't, exactly. You can't argue against it. With you know, we're on the front foot from the get go with getting that early goal. It's then sort of making our dominance count, but we didn't even get the opportunity to dominate given the stop start nature of the game, the amount of changes that occurred within you know the early exchanges. And United will feel that they were in a contest, but they'll share the exact same frustrations that the game was as bonkers as it was yeah but not absolutely. a brilliant bonkers if it's yeah. a brilliant bonkers then everybody's a winner but this was just both teams probably felt like they've lost but in i don't reality, know like, the well, way we got a point i felt like we won but this is what i was going to say but in reality we'll take that because yeah. you know given the manner of the game absolutely well six minutes later another sub as john Shock. suter because of, because of how he hurt himself in that challenge is replaced by Toby Civic. Can I, can I just say, I know that we'll get on to preview in St Mirren. Let's not even bother with 11s because we have no idea no, who's no back. Yeah, yeah, like, predicting this, I'm delighted it's the cup weekend because for who scored, I'm obviously to give the probable lineups as well. Haven't the foggiest who's available and who's not. So we'll just 
you know, end with a score prediction. Absolutely. And then the game kind of starts to peter out because we just have no rhythm. We have no consistently. We don't have a game plan. Everybody's having to constantly change positions, move about the place. Barry Mackay swings in the corner that's met by Halcott on the half volley, but Seagrass saves. And Gino gives away a foul. I think also, I was saying about Sims, I think Gino was lucky to stay on the park because he dives five minutes earlier. It is a blatant dive and he doesn't get booked for it and I don't understand how. And then the foul he gives away here, he jumps in with his elbow high and I thought he's lucky to get away with just a book in there. The the lack of consistency with regards to diving in simulation is astounding. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably a big frustration amongst many of the officials that there isn't really any clarification with regards to diving like a hard and fast rule. Yeah. There's nothing sort of set in stone that you go, oh, do you know what? I, for me, it should just be an instant booking, but obviously officials yeah. in Scotland don't see it that way. So in that case, you're spot on. Um, um, that is, that is thing, lucky to remain on the park. I saw a thing with Gino where it was that I didn't realise how he got hurt at the very end because Gino he didn't get subbed because the game was finished yeah, but I no- Gino got hurt as well I noticed that after it was like six injuries and five changes and I was like hold on a second so the five changes were for five injuries but then I wanted to know who the other one was elaborate on Gino so Gino at the very end I think it's similar to Devlin's he kind of pulls up in the last few minutes and then when the final whistle blows and everyone's coming on the pitch shaking hands, Gino's just lying on the ground with a physio dealing <laughs> with them. So Gino's the injury that kind of people missed because it happened right at the very end, so we'll have to see the severity. Everybody's of vacating the stands of Tanadice and there's Gino and the physio after it, just watching the stadium empty yeah. on out. Exactly. Oh, um, and then the game kind of turns on a single moment where... I don't know who it is for United, but a United player slips as Sims is running through. Yes. And then Ross Graham recovers. I can't. It's down the right hand side. I want to say it's Smith, but I've got no idea to be honest. I'd need to watch it back. Sims, as you say, potentially could cut it back to Gino, who's there, but I understand why he takes the shot. But as you say, Ross Graham. And he's greedy. Yeah, if Ross Gooden blocks the shot, the resulting corner is met by Haring, who just narrowly headers wide. Yeah. And then, three minutes later, we get the ball on the far side. Gino kind of does a wee bit of part of trying to get past someone. And then Toby Sibbick just kind of barrels in everything, takes the ball almost off Gino, hits it against, I think it's Nicky Clark who's back defending, get a corner. Barry Mackay, for the second time in two games, swings a corner in. It's met either turning Craig Halkett what a man he loves a goal for us particularly in latter stages and listen that's the last thing that happens in the game we managed to nick a point and for me that is one of the biggest points of the season I know it's not a win but in terms of what that shows about this squad that listen the circumstances are likely to never happen again in terms of how crazy it was and so many previous Hearts teams particularly in the last few years would have crumbled they potentially would have conceded again or they just never would have got back in it and I was I would sit in there going right listen as I say this is kind of a write off you can't really criticise too much for this because everything happened the fact that we managed to go away from home five injuries three of them inside 31 minutes 80th minute equaliser that says so much about this team 
Yeah, I, th- I think the only... The only sort of... Or the most picky amongst Hearts fans would be disappointed with dropping two points from a winning position, which I get. But that's that goes out the window for me because I think it proves the, the quality that we've got within the squad. Um, the depth to a certain extent, although it'd be interesting to see what 11's fielded on Saturday now. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, it's a, it could well prove to be a pivotal point, if we're being honest. Say we wrap up third pre-split or, you know, a game or two into the split, then every single point has ultimately been a prisoner and it I've, will have contributed to it, the draw in Dundee being no different. Um, and you I think that up. is third, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to dispute or... Let's... No. Um, I was amazed uh, with Hart stats chucking out, you know, the stuff about Halkett as well. That's now 10 goals for us. And you'd, yeah. you'd briefly touched on it there. Nine of which have come in the last 15 minutes. That's crazy. He five, a late goal. Five late equalisers. Obviously, Ibrox being the most notable one. Um, and two winners. I think what, what, one against Stenhouse Muir in the yeah, Cup. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. We were there. I was trying to think of the other late winner. I know, I can't think of what it was. But I just love him. I love him so much, and it's so evident how big he has been for us. And can I just say, those that said that he couldn't play in a back four, myself included, we can put that theory to bed as well. Because with this change of shape, he's been every bit as good as John Souter. um, And obviously it helps with having Stephen Kingsley to recover for him on, on his side. So, yeah, it's... I was going to say we're we're in good shape, but talk to not me about, physically. Yeah, talk to, talk to me at quarter to eight on Saturday once or quarter to seven on Saturday once I see the team be announced for St Mirren. But if you if you'd have offered me four points from six, I'd have been happy to take that with with Aberdeen and United. Um, and just hope that we can progress in the cup, book another trip to Hamden, then get back to you know the league matters. Wrap up third as quickly as we can, and see what happens in the cup. That that that's my ultimate goal. That would be a delight. And yeah, we're now good from corners. When was the last time we scored in back-to-back so, games from corners? Have you? This is the, oh, this is the intel. Go on. We I don't know when it was exactly, but we have recently hired Fleetwood's. I don't even know what his title is, but set piece guy basically. And when he was at Fleetwood, they were the highest scoring team from corners. In League One. In whatever league they were in at the time. <laughs> I don't know what league Fleetwood are even in right now. But One, I think. Maybe. But he has come in, and Robbie two weeks ago said that... He didn't say that they brought anybody in, but he said that we've massively changed the way we're doing corners. And since then, we've played two games and scored two goals for corners. Fair. And Pro- now... Proof's in the pudding, isn't it? Barry Mackay is alone in the second best, most assists, sorry, in the entire league. Only Tavern oh, is ahead of him. Yeah. My dad oh. described him as a, as our quarterback <laughs> in the sense that he, when he gets the ball, the only job role that the other players have is to stop opposition getting near him so then he can play a ball in. <laughs> Quite like that. Yeah, it's not bad. Because I thought even a quarterback... Stephen Kingsley would surely be more natural given how or I would given say his position Gordon. on the park. Oh, even CG. 
Gordon's well, like well, I was the say, guy who Gordon controls Gordon to Barry Mackay, ultimately. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Literally. Basically. And he can actually throw it. Yeah. So, yeah. Craig Gordon quarterback. What a nice notion it is to have a variety of players that you can depend upon yeah. to carve out chances, score goals, win games. We've missed this for years. It's great. It's, it's really nice. I'm, well, I'm happy. Hopefully, they're carving out chances, scoring goals and getting assists this weekend as Stephen Robinson and St Mirren travel to Tynecastle in the Scottish Cup quarter-final. Can't wait to see them win at Dens on Wednesday night before they take yep. us on. That's exactly. nothing. Sh- get down the bookies now. <sighs> How are you feeling about this? Because obviously, I, I'm just going to preface this now. I'm really worried. <laughs> and because... this, is the, this is the thing, we've got no reason to be worried yet. A sort of history against St Mirren this season is the only thing that has me worried. That is exactly it. We've played them three times this season. One or three. three. Yeah. yeah. That so, can't keep happening. Yeah, but there has to be one. We've even lifted this Paisley hoodoo. They've also had a guy sent oh. off in every game we've played them this season. Oh, yeah. This, oh, this can't be... This can't be, like, Hearts, something's got to come here. Hearts can't make it four from four. Would a draw after extra time, but ultimately our progression? I mean, I'm personally, I'm taking that as four from four. I know that the most technical yeah, is, well, of course. you've drawn the game, you've not won, but ultimately so? it'd be our name that'd be in the hat for the semis, so exactly. get it round you. Um, just win. What is your score prediction then? Because yeah, we're not doing lineups because literally we have no idea who's fit. Haven't the foggiest. We've also recorded back to back two no wins against them, so surely they've got to score. I will three one hearts. <laughs> oh, why have I just why have I just done that? Why have I just done that? We've not even scored over. T- I think we scored over two goals once this season, and that was against Dundee United. United. A lot of it depends on Wednesday night. Play- I never thought I'd be at the stage where I'm begging Dundee Come to win on, a Mark football McGee. match. Come, Come on, on, please! As much as it would be brilliant to have, you know, St Mirren on a downer, they've not they've not won under Robinson yet, have they? Street- That's what I'm saying. They've not scored three straight defeats. A Dundee would overtake St Johnston, who we just want to get relegated so that we don't have to go back to McDermott Park. All the stars are aligning here. Please, Dundee, I'm begging you. Please, just find it within you. I hope that all those players stuck with COVID are back, that they can name a strong team and do St Mirren on Wednesday night. That would be great. So they won't. And it'll Can't be wait struggle. for a 3-0 St Mirren <laughs> victory as they come to Tynecastle confident because I am predicting that we will win on penalties. I think it's I'd going all the way... Oh I'd yeah, I don't care. I literally, that. I don't care if we win by a 120th minute should be disallowed goal. I That's don't come care. from Craig Halkett's bonds yet again. Exactly. I do not care. We could because I am I am very much that type of person who like especially with the current team that we've got and the progression we're making under Nielsen, I'm very much results over performance. But particularly in the cup, I never care how we play in a cup game. No. As long as we win. No. That's it. And with a potentially depleted team just find it within you. Three one was strong, wasn't it? That was that's that was a mis- very that confident. Was a mistake. I'm, do you know what? I'm hoping that all the boys are going to be back, and that 
we can, you know, march comprehensively to the national stadium. That would be fantastic. To get battered of one half of the old firm. Most likely, most now. likely. But if, hey, they draw one another, and then we're left with... And we get Motherwell. Motherwell or Hibs. It's Motherwell. Come on. Come on, Graham Alexander, get your first win. <laughs> <laughs> and then be terrible up to that semi-final. Yes, that would exactly. be grand. Yeah. I actually do think it'll be the both Edinburgh clubs and both Glasgow clubs in the semi-finals. <laughs> I can't deal with playing Hibs at hand oh, again. Jesus I can't whipped. handle it. Oh, God. That I can't would, handle it. My ticker. I'm meant to turn 24 this year. I'll be lucky to see it. <laughs> oh, dear God. Well, we've got to get past Stephen Robinson's second first. Come on, boys! But yes... We will speak about that and so much more next week. But thank you very, very much for listening to this episode. It's been a great time. We're actually positive. I know we've kind of been quite negative or worried there at the end. No, but I, I think we've been as positive as can be. Actually, you've said 3-1. What am I talking about? You're the most positive you've ever been against a cup tie. So I, I, I even praised the gaffer in his post-match words. What on earth is happening? What's happening? This is a bad omen for Saturday. We're oh, really beat now. That's got two 0 Saints written all over it. Exactly. But until then, we'll see you next time. We hope you have enjoyed it. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice if you have done. It really does help. We're at Perta Paisley on all the socials, as you can see. If you're watching this on YouTube, and if you are, please leave a like, subscribe, leave a comment much appreciated we're starting to see like similar names and that's class it's really cool to see people who we recognize coming back each and every week so we really do appreciate it if you want to give us a message and the email we're pertapaisley at gmail.com as well adam where can they get you on social media and get me on all the socials at adam t kendall and what about yourself mate i am at d mciver 22 we'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout for the cup game and pre 3-1 win Yep, the upcoming league fixtures. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, the hearts!